listeners, and welcome to the NK News Podcast. It is Monday, the 12th of October, 2020. I'm your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and I'm here, joined together by Min Chao Choi, Colin Zwerko, Jongwin Kim, to talk about the Pyongyang hit parade that happened just two days ago on Saturday, uh, just a few miles north of here. It was a wonderful parade, was it not? Oh, that was something. It blew my mind. Yes, lots to get into, as I'm sure you know. Let's start with the, uh, the, the first question, which I wrote in capital letters. Why at night? Well, you, shouldn't you introduce it a little bit? It was the 75th anniversary of the, the party. Uh, they held a, a military parade on Saturday, just after midnight, uh, to celebrate uh, on October 10th. He's right, of course, listeners. I should have introduced a little bit, given it some context. Uh, 10-10 or October 10th, there usually is some form of parade on that day, isn't there? Well, not not on every year, but ah. this was a round number year. So five, fives and tens sure. uh, get the uh, get the big the big parades, and yeah. this year, as you say, being the seventy fifth anniversary to mark the formation of the Korean Workers Party, it was actually a fusion of different parties uh, into the Korean Workers Party back in nineteen forty five. So this year, being the seventy fifth anniversary, they decided let's do a big parade, but let's do it at night time through Kim Il Sung Square in Pyongyang. Uh, why at night? Who's got an idea? Plenty of theories, right? Uh, some some people think it's due to secrecy, you know, to uh, not have as much light going on, and and there weren't foreign uh, diplomats there. They weren't allowed to go. The ones that are still in Pyongyang, right? There are some that are what, primarily Russians, Chinese, and and a few others. Yeah, Indonesia and ah. India, probably about 50, 50 to sixty people. I don't know, uh, but they weren't allowed to go, and foreign media wasn't allowed to go because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. And so some people think it was at night for secrecy purposes, but uh, then what else? Other but then, I mean, why do a parade if, if secrecy is your aim, right? Well, sure, yeah. And, and then why televise that parade? Yeah, there's plenty of ideas. Also, I think probably just because it looked really cool at night and Kim Jong-un wanted it to look really cool and they had some jets with neon lights. Green uh, neon lights. Yeah. In addition to crafting only one narrative, which is what was broadcast on KCTV, uh, a desire for secrecy could be to thwart satellite imagery analysis, such as the kind of analysis we do at NK News. Um, and again, for suspense, cinematography, uh, drama, everything feels more emotional at night. But don't we only do satellite analysis because we can't get the close-up camera photography that we're able to get through KCTV on Sunday night? But it also sort of reveals if they do it um, in the afternoon or in the morning uh, when these weaponries are coming out of wherever mm-hmm. they were initially, um, maybe OSINT people can track it down. But ah. I think people are aware of where they're coming from. They're coming from the, the yeah. parade training ground. I don't so, know. I don't... so that's one theory about secrecy, yeah. but I'm not... Um, I think there would have been other reasons, um, like the scale of it, like mm-hmm. how fancy it looks. And remember how... I don't want to like link it directly... But Kim, Kim Yo-jong mentioned um, Independence Day. And in America, Independence Day, it's like a nighttime parade with fireworks and all that. Mm. And it was like a North Korean version of that, like from, from my point of view. It was right, because she did ask for a DVD of, uh, of whatever happened on yeah. July 4th. There was- uh, I actually I was talking to our uh, off-air uh, post-production producer, geni- post-recording producer genius Arias, who gave me a theory, which is that it may have been to hide the fact that audience numbers were deliberately down this year, that they didn't have the, the huge crowds that you might have in par- parades, uh, and that 
was itself a sign that the Pyongyang uh, government is taking COVID more seriously than we thought they had. So that by having less crowds, you don't see how far, how deep those rows go back if you're doing it at nighttime. You only see that which is in the, in the frame. What do you the think? The square is only I... so big, though. Uh, mm. I don't know about that. And mm. plus, there were... with the drone footage, you can see the you can see the entire square very clearly. Uh, yeah. How how did the crowd sizes compare to previous uh, parades? Similar. There's really only one place where they 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 sit they sit in in uh, stands that are on either side of the square, and then also at the the main viewing stand where Kim Jong Un is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about that. Plus, there were people lining the streets for the post parade parade. Yes. You know that they showed on in state media, where the troops ride on trucks through the streets, waving at people, and uh, they were all out <laughs> lining the streets after two a.m. Uh, to wave at the soldiers and the and the tanks and yeah. stuff, um, so I, I don't know about that, but I guess we'll get into COVID later because it's very confusing, yeah. and I, I don't promise any uh, coherent <laughs> idea. Uh, but you said you you did ha- have another theory, I believe, as to why it was done at nighttime. Oh yeah, yeah, I read that uh, from a researcher named Martin Weiser. He he pointed out that they that Kim Jong Un has uh, kind of a thing for midnight and he did his uh, new year's address i think last year and they and they showed the clock you know it strikes midnight yeah. it's the new year and then he gives the speech and then um he's been going to visit the uh, mausoleum mm-hmm. of his father and grandfather after midnight uh so maybe it's just a midnight thing yeah it, it also um i was thinking a few days ago before the parade i watched uh, the latest video uh from youtube channel echo of truth uh, una and friends uh, and that was a uh, preparation for the parade video uh, and she was out there photographing things in Pyongyang which was a bit naughty because uh, the foreign diplomats had been told deliberately not to go out and photograph things at that time that she was but anyway she went to the number one department store uh, the jail Kwajong, and there was a what well, they turned the side of that thing into a giant LED screen like they've done with the Ryuyong Hotel and there was a kind of a festival of lights and indeed it was called a uh, uh, the 2020 October 10 Harmony of Lights uh, Festival. So I think that the, there may be a recurring theme, uh, lights, this, Festival of Lights, Harmony of Lights, uh, doing things at nighttime. So it, it's uh, more than just the parade. It's kind of a wider theme that this year is a, a year of lighting up or, or whatever. So that could be... Looked really cool. So I... it, it did look... It, 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 yeah, do check out that video on uh, on Echo of Truth. Uh, we should point out that the, the parade um, wasn't shown live was it it was uh, it happened uh, what midnight uh, just as friday was turning into saturday right so it was sort of one minute after midnight on saturday morning uh, and then they showed it on sunday evening saturday evening saturday evening sorry 7 p.m 7 p.m okay so it was uh, it was a, a good 12 plus 7 a good 19 hours after it actually happened but until saturday af- late afternoon um, nobody was entirely sure that it actually happened or it will going it will happen mm. and even south korea's jcs they were confused but then later in the evening uh, later in the afternoon uh, a little bit after nk news actually broke the news that there were already some sounds um that some sources heard in pyongyang um jcs said that it is possible that they have already done the military parade mm. overnight so 
it was like a very long waiting um, on Saturday for North Korea watchers all over the world. And I could see that after 10 hours of waiting, people were getting bored and posting memes on Kim Jong-un afterwards. And so yeah, on. And, and, you know, some of our listeners might be thinking, well, why don't people just look at the, uh, the TV guide and see what the schedule is for that day? And uh, the answer to that is that some people did check the TV guide and it doesn't show. Uh, John, have you got some intel on that? Yeah, so Colin and I both checked the previews of KCTV and um, apparently they changed the program a lot after after Friday night. Um, so they usually air the preview for the next day on KCTV, but I checked the morning uh, the uh, the morning preview for KCTV on Saturday and they went back and forth between like the old schedule and the new schedule and it just kept on changing mm. that day. But it is very norm- normal that they do not announce when they are showing the military parade footage. So do you remember what was actually in the schedule for the TV for 7 p.m. that night uh, when we, were, we ended up watching the parade? Was it a, a movie or the news or uh, 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 North, of, North Korean Idol? It's kind of odd because the, they aired the parade and it was like two and a half hours or something. Mm. It was quite yeah, long. Well. And then uh, after the parade was over, they showed the what's normally the 8 p.m. news. Mm. And then they just kind of went back to non-relevant programming, just not having to do with the holiday. Mm-hmm. And then they ended out the day uh, a little bit later. Uh, now, in our last roundtable uh, podcast, Colin, you talked about uh, the Supreme Commander ensign uh, being blurred out or, or edited out of some or blanked out of some footage from uh, Kim Il-sung Square. Was it visible during the parade? Yeah, so this is the the emblem which represents... Uh, Kim Jong-un as the Supreme Commander of the Armed Forces. Uh, his, Kim Jong-il was also uh, represented by this emblem when he was alive. And yeah, it was just, it was on camera, showing up. There's uh, totally inexplic- inexplicable why uh, state media was censoring this for hmm. for months now. So uh, yeah, there were some other changes in the square though, at Kim Il-sung Square. And, hmm. uh, you know, we saw, Sign. We reported on the construction going on there in the months before the parade, so we knew that they were getting ready for some, you know, big event. And Kim Jong Un wanted something uh, more modern and luxurious. And uh, yeah, we is saw. Is that the, something permanent that we believe will stay there afterwards? Or yeah, yeah that... it's a building uh, okay. with uh, marble columns yeah. and uh, little gold accents everywhere. And it, uh, it, it, I think the reason was because it used to just be one row where people would stand. Yeah. Like Kim Jong-un and all of his top officials and foreign dignitaries when they're allowed to go. And uh, this time there was like multiple rows, like stadium seating, uh, basically. So it's just okay. a, a larger place from where the officials can watch. Now, what about portraits of Kim 1 and Kim 2? Were they new, uh, newer size, newer yeah, position? Another just change at the square. They they used to have the portraits of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il uh, right at ground level at the front of the square. Uh, they moved those up to the top of the Grand People Study House, which is behind that viewing stand building. Uh-huh. So now the portraits of the Kims are lit up uh, higher up. So now, you know, instead of being close to the people uh, on the square, they mm. are watching over the people from uh, the Grand People Study House. And they, mm. they kind of changed the design to an older design. So it just goes to show Kim Jong-un's um, f- uh, fickle ideas with construction at some point. Uh, right after he came to power, they remodeled that building. They put the portraits there close to the ground level. And now he changed his mind and he wants them to be up there. And uh, they returned the design to the of the um, right at ground level to the one that it was when he came to power. So, uh, you know, he'll order things that he wants to be done and they'll get done. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, 
What else did we notice uh, in the parade there? Who was there? Who were the, the VIPs that were present? Well, no foreign journalists there, first yeah. of all, it seemed. Did we see Kim Yo-jong? Was she there? Yes, she was with now, her signature she? headband. Right. And, and so where was she? Was she near Kim Jong-un? She was standing um, in a line of uh, top officials close to him, but not directly next to him. Uh, and do we know, was that line of top officials a particular group? Was it uh, a, a pol- just, Politburo Central Committee? Just a group? Uh, yeah, everyone. It was a. Uh, Ri Byung Chor was standing really close. Park Jong Chun. Yeah, these really two close. top military guys. They just got the, the Marshal of the KPA mm. uh, ranked just last week or two weeks ago, right before the parade. And uh, the top, the. You, uh, maybe Jungmin can explain this kind of the top four people po- in the political sphere of the Presidium the of the presidium. Politburo. They were. You know, right next to him, and um, just every pretty much everyone, a who's who of North Korea's top people, and even the the retired people like Kim Young Nam oh. uh, and uh, some other old officials. I've seen like Ri Su Young and uh, some other old officials. Uh, what about Hyun Sung Wal? Was she there? She was there, uh, marking Kim Jong Un as usual, following him around um, with a little Bluetooth earpiece. Yes. <laughs> Bluetooth earpiece. Wow. Yeah. But Ri Ju wasn't there. We didn't spot her yet on KCTV or none of the photos. Mm. Yeah, and I went back and looked. She didn't go to the February 2018 parade, but did go to the September 2018 parade, or vice versa. I can't remember. But mm. so she is not totally expected to go to every military parade. Yeah. But, but also, she hasn't been seen in public since January. So there is your typical tabloid speculation, mm. probably about that. But she's not an official, so she no. gets a little bit less yeah. attention. Okay, so let's talk then about the uh, the speech, the speech that Kim Jong Un gave. Um, I'm, I'm seeing and hearing reports that he was uh, he was humble, he was grateful, he was apologetic, he was thankful. Um, barely any mention of aggression against the U.S. or South Korea. So, uh, give us the scoop there. Uh, most of the message in Kim Jong Un's speech, uh, to me, it seemed like it was directed to the domestic audience. Although it did mention um, something related to South Korea affairs as well, which was also surprising, hmm. honestly. How long was the speech in total? Like 30 minutes? That's quite a long one. I think it was 16 minutes the last time I gave a speech in uh, 2018, February 2018, yeah. It was long and emotional. He cried twice to my account. Um, uh, um, he was shedding tears very apparently, mm. like touching his glass and clapping. And his voice was cracking several times when he talked about how he's so thankful for the people and the soldiers. Um and he said thank you more than six times. Yeah. Um, and the moments that he shed tears twice was first when he was talking about how he's so thankful that like there were zero COVID-19 cases mm. in North Korea. And he was thankful how people stayed alive and healthy. Um, and the second one was thanking the soldiers and the elites from Pyongyang who were dispatched to do the recovery projects after the flooding and the typhoon. Right. Uh, didn't you say, uh, I, I think I, I heard, um, should mention to our listeners, that there was actually a live feed uh, for uh, subscribers here uh, uh, on the website. People could have watched the parade live with live commentary from uh, from Chad, from Jongmin, from Ankit, and from uh, Joost uh, from the Netherlands, who was uh, pretty good on, on weapons technology. But You can I, still I th- check out that link. Uh, it's all recorded on YouTube. Oh. It's definitely worth going back and watching the parade with the commentary. It's super they did a super job, yeah. But don't let that stop you listening to the rest of the podcast, sure. of course. Um, no, but I, I think I, I heard you saying that uh, um, he was 
thankful to the soldiers who had gone out to the work and sorry that they couldn't be there. Is that right? Exactly. So he, the moment that he, his voice was cracking when he was talking about they how they deserve to be here because mm. it's a grand anniversary and holiday, right. but they couldn't come here because they allegedly volunteered themselves to go to another recovery project after whatever they were doing were done. Mm. Um, and regarding COVID-19, there were also some messages directed out uh, to the outside world, um, most prominently about South Korea. Uh, it was, it's been a while since they talked about South Korea in that um, softly worded, like warm greeting sort of manner. Kim Jong-un actually used the words 사랑하는 mm. South Korean compatriots, wow. which mean beloved or dear. Mm. KCNA English translated that as dear, but I don't think that's accurate enough. It's beloved sounds good. Beloved. Mm. Um, and of course, South Korean government took it as a signal f- to resume inter-Korean talks. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Kim Jong-un was said was that he hopes that South Korean compatriots overcome COVID-19 and that he hopes for a day when South and North can take each other's hands again, which is a very symbolic thing between yeah. the two Koreas, sort of making people imagine that time when Kim Jong-un and Moon Jae-in held hands on Mount Pektu. Right? Okay, now, you said that on October 10th. Remind us again, what was the date of the blowing up of the inter-Korean liaison office in Kaesong back in June? In June? In June. <laughs> Mid-June. Okay, so th- let's just say, f- so four months after blowing up that building, uh, Kim Jong-un now says, uh, you know, looking forward to the day when we can hold hands and, you know, be buddies and stuff. Again. This was only one paragraph, right? In yes. The, so qu- one, quite brief. One and a half, I think. And it's still something. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's only been a couple of weeks after the sh- lethal sh- shooting incident in the North Korean waters with North Korean soldiers killing a South Korean government worker. Right. And... Um, that also is interesting in terms of how quickly North yeah. Korea came out with the statement, right? And, right, and if you uh, see a couple of days back, Kim Jong-un also apologized for that personally. And it, to me, it seemed like he was trying to de-escalate a little bit. And also with him mentioning how the country's war deterrent, the military power, is not meant to be used preemptively to other country, towards other countries, but that it's just for their self-defense. All in all, it seemed like Kim Jong-un was trying to stay very low-key about the message that they that he is sending to other countries, including South Korea. Agreed. I think his statements were mm, indicative of his leadership style that we've seen since the beginning. I mean, when he took power, there was a failed satellite launch. He apologized. Well, maybe not use the word apology, but accepted the failure, said everyone uh, needed to work harder. Uh, we see that kind of messaging here where it's... Um, here he does say, I'm sorry, and it's been a difficult year. We're going to need to work harder. Um, and I, like I, the leader and the party, I'm sorry that we cannot provide for you. So he's always been, I think, a bit of a... He, he tends towards good cop more than bad cop. Um, at least in public. At least in public, definitely. Uh, even in June when Kim Yo-jong, it seemed like it was oh, yeah. Kim Yo-jong that whoever ordered... She was ready to start a war. Yeah, I... I, I um, when they were planning for a quote-unquote military action towards mm. South Korea, Kim Jong-un was the one that called it off and suspended that mm. military action. Now, in this speech uh, there, how many times did he say on Saturday, uh, Myanmar, I'm sorry? Was that just the once? Or? Many, many times. Really? It was the overarching theme that yeah, day. But that's not a word that we're used to hearing from North Korean leadership, is it? 
Well, but but Kim Jong Un's leadership has been a little bit different from Kim Jong Il until right. now. Um, he, um, we could see on KCTV him bowing to the people and all that, but yeah. um, him saying that he's sorry. Um, the I don't remember the exact sentence, but what he said that oh he said that I have failed to always live up to. Um, your trust satis- in a satisfactory manner. That mm. was a direct quote from Kim Jong Un, and he admitted that 정성과 노력이 부족하여 because they, it lacked um, sincerity and hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are not uh, living an affluent life right now, and that is like a very Korean thing to say. Um, yeah, Jong Sung's a very yeah. Like, it's like they don't really. Word. I don't think they really mean it, but they are like, oh, it's my fault, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right, which I imagine, I'm just guessing here, but looking at the reaction of the, the faces in the crowd, that made people quite emotional too, right? Mm. They were crying listening to him, would they, Emin Well, I do have to say that um, Kim's emotionality was definitely significant, and uh, that transmission of that and the reception from the people possibly was genuine. But we do see the military parades as a platform for mobilizing emotion. Mm. Public weeping is a very common occurrence in public events in North Korea and possibly even more so in the Kim Jong-un era. Um, even at small events, um, people are usually seen in state media weeping uh, when they receive him. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into it. It's, mm-hmm. it's normal. Okay. Uh, it's normal, but Kim Jong-un having this very human mm. image um, and humane and human image, I think it has been uh, a strategy for a while. And uh, humble. Can we throw in another yeah. H-U-M word there, right? He's really sort he, of uh, he, bigging up the people and kind of, you know, make, mm-hmm. uh, making himself humble. Yeah, he, um, a, a while ago, a lot of academics in the uh, North Korea studies world, they were talking about how Kim Jong-un aim, talked about uh, not making Suryang the leader looking mysterious anymore. Mm. So he is definitely trying to build up that character. Oh, like that story they had back in May in the, in the KCNA that said that uh, the Suryang, the leader, uh, cannot teleport uh, at will. I think that was over-reported a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't it, think you it, want to get into that. <laughs> it, it, it may have been. Uh, I don't want to get into that too much too. But again, that is part of that demystification of, of the yeah, leader, Yeah, the right? demystification. Yeah, demystification. So much for the... Uh, they promote the fact that he gets his, his Lexus dirty and goes through the mud whenever he travels to typhoon-affected areas and that he gets his shoes muddy. That's just how demystified he is. There you go. Now, how do you do um, a military parade uh, without aggression? I mean, was there aggression in this parade? Was there uh, any angry words, any slogans at uh, the USA, any threats? Uh, he did not mention United States by name. He didn't call U.S. out, but he did mention sanctions. Okay. Um, and also, he did he mentioned say which sanctions or just sanctions? Just sanctions uh-huh. that people are suffering because of sanction on mm-hmm. top of everything that they are going through right now, including COVID and flood and typhoon. Mm-hmm. Um, another part where that may have directed uh, the United States was when they were talking about war deterrent Mm. um, and how although they have built all these massive um, weapons systems that they are going to show it on October 10th, um, they are not uh, meant to preemptively strike any other countries unless they are attacked first. Yeah, the the message to it's so interesting, right? Because even though they don't use the... They don't, Kim Jong-un didn't say United States by name. It's, mm. it's obvious yeah. who the target of the message is, and it has been. 
that that's been a pattern for a couple of years now since he started uh, negotiations with Trump in 2018 is this coded language. It's always the hostile forces mm. or the imperialists in general, but not naming the U.S. And I guess the, I guess Trump takes that as a as a, a sign of respect, <laughs> or, or else uh, the, it's kind of useless because it's still clear what the message is regardless of if they say the words United States or not, right? Mm. Um, but then there's another thing at the parade, which is, yeah, he didn't mention the United States, but he also, the the uh, military vehicles in 2018, in September at the parade, and that was the parade where everyone saw it as being a, a kind of a concession to the U.S., like pretty small in terms of how many vehicles rolled through uh, Kim Il-sung Square, yeah. no ICBMs, um, and that came just months after they paraded the Hwasang 15 ICBM through the uh, square for a parade in uh, February of 2018. This is the ICBM that they tested. Yeah, the, yeah, the ICBM they tested in late 2017. So, uh, But even then, the fact that they didn't put ICBMs in the parade, but they did have anti-U.S. slogans on the vehicles. Right. Yeah, that said, uh, down with or destroy the U.S., the sworn enemy of the DPRK people. Those slogans were missing from the vehicles this week. So yeah. they... You can tell that they they were on plates on the fronts of uh, tanks or other vehicles, and they actually took these off. Hmm. Uh, but there were only three vehicles. That, uh, they they showed so many new vehicles in this parade. Yeah, let's get into so the many new military vehicles, yeah. uh, which I suggest you watch that YouTube video. Uh, you'll yeah. get to learn exactly how many of them are new and what they're called um, from the missile experts. There's also a great infographic that we've put up on on NK Pro, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who put that together? Uh, those were the, the the Oryx guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. which which shows in a very graphic form uh, the new vehicles, the new weapons, and things. It but shows just, just how big it is compared to the previous parades. But just before I go into the tech, there, uh, going back to the uh, the propaganda slogans that you said they were there in 2018. Yeah, the slogans were on the vehicles in 2018, and they were not there this weekend. So, right. I mean, you could take that combined with the lack of uh, naming the U.S. as mm. sort of small small concessions. Yeah. Well, and, um, and conciliatory words towards South Korea as well. A little well. bit, yeah. Or it could have just been because they're trying to show off more modern look of the the weapons and the vehicles, and it's quite an old slogan with a, quite an old feeling to it. So maybe mm. it's just part of the modernization. Um, plus, you know, if, if they're making small concessions at the same time as they show a brand new weapon that's meant to cause a stir in the U.S. probably, then um, it begs the question just how much of a concession could that be? It's a good point. Min what do you read into the messaging and the propaganda that was there at the parade on Saturday? Well, we see that it was definitely, mm, can I say, mili- definitely militaristic, uh, although not aggressive. I think both of those are not, not mutually exclusive. Um, uh, a continuation of a prior format, but slightly different because of form. The content was the same. Form was slightly different because of the inclusion of different camera angles, uh, use of technology and small, small cameras mounted on drones or on planes. Uh, on the yeah. ground, uh, on like these little RV, tiny... Um, yeah, remote control yeah, cars. remote control cars, right. Going under the tanks. That's a cool shot. When, when you get a tank going over a yeah. camera, that's cool. Yeah, so that was a stationary uh, small camera in ah. the middle of the parade ground. But whenever you saw this like tracking shot, low angle, it was a small camera mounted on an RV that was running in parallel with the vehicle. Um, so you get these kind of like unique angles that really... Um, uh, give you a sense of space and also the intimacy because it's very close. Yeah. Uh, and then also the changing of setting really played into the kind of filmic language of emotion, nationalism, including more feelings. That's why I, I thought this parade felt so di- felt so different. 
from prior parades and mm. mostly through choices in form. Did the KCTV video remind you of any other big political event uh, that was part of a film for a, a propaganda film for I'll an authoritarian my, dictatorship? I'll hold my tongue, but I think uh, maybe some of our listeners will know what Colin is talking about. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, Chongmin, were there any uh, pr- propaganda slogans at all? Anything new? Uh, they any? did mention hostile forces. Okay, uh, a but that's not a slogan times. per se. There was that's just a, I don't know, a word you use. Slogan itself, it was mostly about economy. I think like you mean a people first politics mm. or um, how they will build a great socialist country. And I don't think anything was like massively new to call it a new slogan. There's the slogan that they all, they, they, all the soldiers chant, I think right before they get it started when they're, when they, after they listen to Kim Jong-un's speech and then they all chant, uh, like, you know, protect the party that is led by Kim Jong-un with your life or, you know, to the death. Is that right? Translated in my head at the time. And I can't Mm. remember what it was in Korean. Uh, okay, so let, let's look a bit about at the new tech then. We've mentioned it, we've hinted at it. There's a lot going on. Um, new transporter erector launches, um, more than we'd expected. Um, a new ICBM, an 11-axle vehicle that seems excessive. Where, where do we begin? Yeah, is it? Uh, so people are calling it the Hwasong 16. Yeah, they, but they, I don't think they said it right, actually. Right, it, it wasn't actually named, was it? I mean, no, it wasn't, but people uh, are just labeled. calling it Hwasong 16. That was yeah. this, this super long... Uh, missile that uh, our uh, consultant Yost got very excited about. Yeah, so that was at the end of the per- at the end of the the parade. This was the in- the end of the entire production. Mm-hmm. Was the the heavy weapons vehicles going through the square? And yeah, there was um, as far as what is new. There was the eleven axle TEL carrying the new large, you know, ICBM nuclear capable um, assumed. Yeah. And then there were four of those that went through the square. Uh, four 11-axle vehicles. Yeah. And then right before that, there were four of the Hwasong 15, which was tested in November 2017 mm-hmm. and paraded also four at the parade in February 2018. So, uh, yeah, that's got a lot of people speculating about, um, you know, how many of these transporter erector launchers they can uh, produce uh, um, indigenously. And, you right, know, that, I don't think, I personally don't think that they would, you know, if they made 120 of them to for the purpose of deploying across the country, I don't think they would put 120 through the parade. But um, putting four of those and four of the larger one through the parade, I think, uh, is still significant. And then the other new, there were other, there were a lot of new stuff according to the guys who uh, watched the parade on Saturday mm. for for the NK News live commentary feed. But the other kind of big one is the so-called Pukuksung Four, right. which analysts have just dis- have. Uh, decided it looks uh, shorter, like smaller, than the Pukuksong 3 mm. SLBM, a submarine launch ballistic missile, solid fuel uh, that they tested in uh, just in last November. Um, but like at the time, last November, you couldn't really see the size of the thing because it was only, uh, there was no point of reference. Ah. There's no visual point of reference in the image. So uh, this time it gave the analysts a chance to see it on the truck trailer. They're measuring it. Um, but yeah, the four, Pukuksong 4, that was the Pukuksong 3. It had a lot of girth to it. It's a very uh, wide in terms of diameter. Um, I never. I mean, does that mean the submarines are really, really ginormous? I've just never seen a, a missile in or on a submarine for that's, launch. That's the sub that they're getting ready, right? At Shinpo, the right. sub that everyone, that is also kind of a big mystery point right mm. now in the North Korea's capabilities. 
Would, this, um, would, would, a, would a submarine just carry one missile then? I think I saw a cutaway. Who did? Uh, some missile analyst made a, a really cool graphic cutaway of it, and I think they predicted you know that it holds like three and like vertical in the middle of the of the sub. Really? I, I don't remember two wow. or three. Yeah, but or four even. I don't know. But that's the missile that is. Uh, they can load it with the fuel. It's ready to go. It's in the sub. They can move it around, and then. That's the point of having solid fuel. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically can strike the the US more easily. Mm, it's um, intriguing stuff that we'll have to get Yost Olimans to come on. Seriously. Uh, but they gave a lot of really good uh, like live uh, ideas about what they were seeing at the Paradium. Yeah, he hinted that there's a book coming out. Uh, well, they just came out with a book. Okay. Uh, yeah, on, you know, all of the North Koreans. Ah, it's already out. Okay. Well, we'll have to get that uh, get that out here soon. Yes, John. Uh, can I mention just one more thing about the theme and slogan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you mentioned two if you like. <laughs> so they uh, they talk, said something about time again. They keep using this theme since last year. If you remember, they were talking about deadlines and Christmas gift and for how, the U.S. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how like like time is on their hand, like time on is their by side. their side, mm. and you has has not enough time on their hand. Blah blah blah. And this time they went for how they are improving their military capability on their following their own timetable mm-hmm. and they didn't really go into detail on what that timetable is but they did mention that again kim jong-un ended the speech with saying that um time is by our side right now that it did actually make me think uh do you remember a few years ago there was a little thing where president trump wanted to send uh, a cd of elton john singing rocket man to kim jong-un uh, and I wanted to, having, you know, hearing that line there, uh, that, you know, time's on our side, I really wanted to send him a CD of the Rolling Stones, uh, who did a great song called Time is on our side, or on my side, I should you say. you sing that for us? Uh, no, I will not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> but I just suddenly thought, either uh, Kim Jong-un's secretly a Rolling Stones fan, or he needs to be. Uh, he should get so you're, you're reading the... <laughs> You're reading the tea leaves and uh, on exactly what his music tastes are in his speech. Meanwhile, yes, what are we talking about here? Well, exactly. I think you know everything uh, that we need to know. We can learn from the, either the Simpsons or song lyrics or old episodes of Seinfeld. Min Chow. Yes. Yeah, so if I may provide a transition back into the. No, I hope it was. I was thinking you were going <laughs> to back me up on this. Watching the parade was uh, actually quite informative in terms of indigenous production of TELs because prior to. Mm. Prior to me seeing this parade, I understood and many extras understood that um, North Korea previously had to import the vehicles that then they would modify into their TEL. So, for example, Uh, Chinese vehicles that they brought in for logging purposes, quote unquote, hmm. that were then later modified to... uh, support missiles now help me and the dumb listeners back uh, help dumb me and the smart listeners at home here i never got why it was so difficult to like what's so difficult about building a truck i don't know the un currently sanctions imports of metals yes so if you are trying to build a truck from scratch you will need a lot of metal no but you, um, you can cannibalize old trucks sure so this is actually what they were trying to do for tires um similarly North, North Korea can import tires. That is not sanctioned, but there is no indigenous rubber production. Obviously, it's a cold country. There's no, no rubber trees. Um, but they, in 2020, sent out an open call to investors f- to start a uh, joint venture scrap tire recycling factory so they could make new tires. In, in 20 when? 2020. 20, oh, this yes, year? This year. But uh, hold on. I, I'm, I feel certain that there's been some... 
an Italian company that, that specializes in tire recycling that has been doing something in North Korea for years. That's possible. Evidently, it wasn't enough because they wanted to do this joint venture. Hmm. But may I get back onto my rant Please. about tires? So um, <laughs> if, we, if we're going to talk about indigenous TEL production, so the metal parts of the vehicle aside, um, you're also going to need tires. And uh, just based on analysis of trade data, tires, weirdly enough, have been a strategic good for North Korea to import from China. We saw tires spike from... Uh, the crash that affected all trade between North Korea and China in the early days of the pandemic, which was about February or March, that logged um, like a more than 90% crash in all trade. Uh, but by March, April, June, and July, uh, tire imports had gone up over double than the average of uh, average import quantity per month in 2019. There's a, it's, it might be better to look at it visually, um, but it it goes from zero to over double than last than previous year's monthly average for two months running in the middle of a pandemic when what you pick to bring into your country is significant. Ah, okay. So you think that, that North Korea could have brought in a lot of things, but instead they spent a lot of their uh, f- uh, focus on bringing tires in. Yes, and we know it's large truck tires for lorries or for uh, for buses, which fits the description for a TEL launcher. Okay, so these are the same tires that can be used on the tra- transporter erector launchers. It's the largest size of tire that we can get in a category when you look at trade data. Hmm. Also, when it, when it comes to strategic imports, we did see uh, granite, marble, ho- and horses, all things that yeah, we saw. horses. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Horses were imported? Horse, 30 horses. That came out on trade data? Yes. From Russian trade data in March 2020, 30 white Orlov trotters were imported from uh, eastern Russia into the DPRK. And we know from previous reporting that the Kim family uh, loves white Orlov trotters from Mm. Russia. Kim Kim and his uh, entourage rode white Orlov trotters twice. Of Mount Bektu. Yeah. Um, and now he has this new uh, division guard. Uh, yeah, that was another. Yeah, well, well, I was looking at that wondering, do they now have a cavalry division? What's- right. And it's just, it's, they all ride white horses. And during the parade, I counted 35. Ooh. I counted over 40. Really? Yeah. Now, what are Ooh. they armed with, these soldiers riding Horse. horses? S- sabers? Cute. There was like an overhead shot and it showed like. Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> No, there. but yeah, the, the horse Majesty. thing, the, the, it's, a, it's a guard unit for, for Kim Jong-un himself. Uh, over 40 horses, white horses. The flag of the unit uh, has the picture of the Workers' Party Central Committee building where Kim, that's Kim Jong-un's office. That's featured on it. And it's said on the flag, it's the office six of the Central Committee. Mm. And uh, I was told that this is an office known to be responsible for guarding Kim Jong-un. So there you oh. go. But also, you can just see it visually. The the front, the lead horse, uh, had the emblem of Kim Jong Un's uh, chairman of the State Affairs Commission. That's his like head of state office, yeah. right? So they had that emblem on it. That's that's Kim Jong Un's emblem, and the horse was decorated with all the same exact decorations of the horse that Kim Jong Un rode to uh-huh. Pekdu, except like the straps were a different color. So it's like Kim Jong Un wants uh, a, a horse unit that's 
Well, I, 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 was, I was told that maybe these soldiers, it's not like a cavalry unit. They're not mm. going to be fighting on these horses, but rather these are the people that take care of the horses of the leaders and of the leadership. And, you know, we saw over 20 or like over 15 people riding these horses up Mount Pictou at the end of last year. And so maybe this is the unit that just protects the horses of the Central Committee. That so makes they're, sense. they're more like groomsmen yeah, than, sure. than, uh, than cavalry it's, it's soldiers? It's super odd. I mean, we, we, we see it happening and they lead the parade of uh, soldiers that yeah. came out first. And uh, when you think of it that way, it's just, it's odd. I But mean, this the is... horses have symbolic values in North Korea, yes, they right? Do. They yeah. have like a few, if we see slogans like Cholima and Marima, it's all mm. about horses as well. Yeah. And Kim Jong-un's been demolishing his airstrips and replacing them with horse tracks and building all sorts of other new horse tracks across the country so this is a this is a priority you know other other than icbms horses are like a top priority for the central committee uh now be, be, before we go into uh international reactions <laughs> uh covid colin i think you wanted to say something about covid um yeah this, it's, it's hard to understand basically just uh, at the military parade Uh, that nobody was seen wearing masks. And right. Kim Jong-un claimed, and, and Jung-min, uh, who, who watched the speech multiple times, knows that uh, he claimed in one way or another that the country is completely free and mm. has not had a single case of, of the malignant virus referring to COVID-19 ever. So he said, like, they have not been affected by this virus ever. Uh, six or seven times he said some form of this boast. Uh And nobody was wearing masks in the entire crowd. But yeah. then they held more events at Kimmelson Square later on Saturday. And uh, it's very confusing. The The officials are all wearing masks and nobody in the square is wearing masks. And then at the mask games, which was held on Sunday night, Kim Jong-un and all the top officials are not wearing masks and everyone in the crowd is wearing masks. So you can get into all these questions about are people quarantining? Is that why they're not wearing masks? Or But actually going through the logic of it, which is very complicated, I don't think it makes too much sense uh i think maybe one way you can look at it is uh they should be not having people grouped together without masks on if they are truly afraid of uh, an outbreak because state media has harped on the point and kim jong-un i think said or it was said in a polypure meeting that uh, an outbreak of the virus would be fatal for the country right so i don't think they would be risking it to be honest but maybe there are no cases and And the reason why they're not wearing masks is, is uh, because it's a big event that they need to, to show confidence. And then later, when it's not the main event, mm. they're like, okay, let's take the precaution. And it, it means to me that they are admitting that they cannot be perfect at preventing people from coming into the country and crossing the borders, like we saw of the Kaesung incident earlier mm. this summer. So be precautious, wear a mask just in case that one person sneaks through and infects you. I think... I, I don't know. I, what do you guys think? I don't think that they would risk it, If, but it's hard to say. I think, like, what I saw was that they are still continuing whatever measures they have on COVID-19. Maybe that explains why other events, people, some people were wearing masks per usual guideline. But if we just think about the speech and the military parade itself, uh, one of the main themes for Kim Jong-un that day was to thank people for not contracting COVID. Mm. So it would be very incoherent for that night if people show up wearing masks um, in a sort of performative sort of reason. So they, I think for that night, it sort of made sense that nobody was wearing masks. No, but, but I, I think if he believed what he said, shouldn't they never be wearing masks? I think also the 
nature of the military parade is that it's performative and it is intended for both an international and a domestic audience and for the goal of the military parade is to project strength internationally which includes not having uh, um, doubling down on the claim of being covid free ergo everyone is not wearing masks yeah yeah, okay. Um, international reactions. Have there been any from South Korea, the US, China, anyone? South Korea issued multiple statements on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Blue House, Defense Ministry, uh, Foreign Affairs Ministry, and Unification Ministry. The um, overarching response is that they are happy and they they welcome how Kim Jong-un talked about, uh, hinted at the possibility of the resumption of inter-Korean talks, inter-Korean cooperation regarding the public health situation on two, in two Koreas. But um, all of the agencies that responded to Kim Jong-un uh, mentioned that um, they, North Korea still has to respond to Moon's call for joint investigation about the lethal shooting incident mm. in the North Korean waters. But overall, Seoul seemed very happy that Kim Jong-un um, uh, conveyed warm greetings to the South Korean compatriots. Um, nothing about the, the missile. I mean, I guess the missile doesn't really change the the threat level against right. Seoul at all. I think only, <laughs> if I remember correctly, only Blue House and the Defense Ministry mentioned something uh, important about the weapons itself. Uh, the Defense Ministry said that they expressed concern, mm. not regret. They expressed concern that they uh, showcase the new, what appears to be a new ICBM and that North Korea should um, stick to the September 19th military agreement. And Blue House said that uh, the usual thing that U.S. ROK intelligence is monitoring. Trump has not tweeted about it yet. I can just say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just the um, very muted U.S. reaction. We have, um, I guess, this kind of uh, ever-present vague source from the White House who has told reporters that Trump is quote-unquote disappointed and hmm. mad. What was it, an unnamed State Department official? Mm. Unnamed White House official, oh. I think. Yeah, it's I very it's unclear House. because if that was per Reuters, but they did it was unnamed. Mm-hmm. But mad at what though? Mad that Kim Jong-un had a better military parade than Trump wanted to have? or I mean, if you can say it's petty as that. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it. <laughs> Just disappointed, I think uh-huh. was the word. Okay. Any, any response from China? Any comments? Did anyone say nice flex, Kim? I think the only thing I saw as kind of notable is just the letter that Xi Jinping sent to Kim Jong-un before the military parade. But afterwards, I didn't really see anything really notable. Remind us of the contents of that letter, if you would. Just congratulating about the 75th anniversary and how the socialist countries, they should stay friendly together and overcome hardships and all that. Yeah, what do we got now? Venezuela, Cuba, China, North Korea... What, Laos, is that it? Vietnam, Vietnam. is still communist. Oh, yeah. Gosh, why to forget? Vietnam. Sorry, Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah, no, he did. He did. We also went to Singapore. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, uh, you know, what we didn't mention is uh, the, the, the the airplanes, the, the lights and the drone on the plane. Uh, anyone want to say anything about that? That was kind of cool looking. Well, there wasn't a drone on a plane, but there Sorry, was Sorry, not a drone. I mean, a camera mounted, mounted on a plane. On a, why would you have a drone on a plane? That makes no sense. <laughs> uh, it's like a plane on a plane. No, what I mean is, yes, a camera. And that was pretty cool. It's hard because you need you need special equipment. You can't just duct tape a camera yeah, yeah. to a regular plane. Uh, as far as I know, it's completely unique to this military parade um, to have that angle. Um, and also, what else? How else did they show the 
the whole sequence of the planes. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they got the pilots starting to buckle up at the at the airfield, right. changing the setting. So we're ta- again talking about form, even though the content is the same. The form is different because they changed the setting from Kim Il Sung Square, where the military parade is being held, to the airfield where the pilots are getting into the cockpits. They have this moment where they. Uh, salute and kiss the flag oh, yeah. before they do, um, and then take off in their cool neon lighted airplanes. Yeah, it's neon. These red and green neon everywhere. Sticks, weren't they from a, an old concert? Oh yeah, yeah. They just picked up the old pile of glow sticks, mm, glued them on the planes. Them to the, yeah. Now the, you remind me, I mean, Charlotte, There's been there was a lot of uh, references to and singing to and showing off the flag. Uh, in this, has the, the flag of North Korea has that always been so prominent in uh, you know more, almost as prominent as or more prominent than the Kims in uh, in North Korean figurology? That's the wrong word. Um, Iconography. Symbology. Iconography. There you go. Gosh, glad I got you here. Yeah, uh, th- there was a lot of you know there was a song to the flag and stuff. I don't, I don't know. I, I I think the flag's been a a big icon for. Forever. Sure. It just, I don't know. It just, I felt to me like it was stepped up a little bit here in this parade. We can say at the, at the beginning, um, there was the flag toss, uh, the 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 raising of the flag and the flag toss, um, only because it enhances my argument that editing has made this uh, parade feel different. During a live parade, you see it tossed once. Right. This time, we saw it tossed three times, three different angles. One of them was slow motion. Ah, okay. For ultimate national, nationalistic effect. I think Oopsie. I have seen that before. I, I'm oh. not sure, but... Uh, and and I, it's not, I'm not saying that it's unique. I'm yeah, yeah. That, like, uh, you can't do that if it's just a straight live feed. And the editing was something. I mean, that's a lot of files. Those little GoPros in the cockpits of the jets. They got all the drones. That was a, that was a day so full of editing. So KCTV editors for... Yeah, kudos to the editor. I, yeah, and I, I am a bit sad that uh, Una didn't end up having a, uh, a live video feed of her own with, with commentary uh, on Echo of Truth. I was kind of hoping for that. Uh, not even in, a, in the first day. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. Uh, but just one last comment on the flag there. I guess because it was the 75th anniversary of the founding of the Korean Workers' Party, I thought they could have focused more on the party iconography, right? They've got their own party I flag. They did. I mean, the, uh, the jets flew in the formation of the WPK symbol. Mm-hmm. Like it was, uh, it's, it's both. It's always the, the DPRK flag and the WPK flag right next to each other. They go hand in hand. You know, the party is the country, the country is the party. Two flags go hand in hand. I think we're mixing our metaphors there, but I like it. It's yeah, good. Sure. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Any final thoughts to leave us with, Colin? Yeah, just again, watch that. Uh, <laughs> watch the parade video. It was, it was, it was really interesting. It was kind of like a, watching an F1 race or something. I got, yeah. It was, it, it was very exciting. Min Chow, any final thoughts from you? Uh, just more exhortation to watch. Uh, yeah, the commentary was amazing. And that marks the first time we've heard the word exhortation used in this podcast series before. John, any thoughts from you? Uh, I just feel like maybe the next weeks or months will become a little bit busier for inter-Korea beat reporters mm. ah. if North Korea responds to Seoul's olive branch. Perhaps a reopening of Kaesong? Oh, I've got a, a sudden wave, an urgent wave. Did you get a tweet in from the White House, Min Chao? What have you got? No, but um, the day after the parade aired, a very significant documentary was released um, on BBC and multiple Scandinavian television stations. You can also find it online. Um, it's called The Mole, directed yep. by Mads Brugger, and reveals a 10-year effort of undercover filming on behalf of a former KFA member and an actor um, revealing North Korea's 
um, international efforts uh, to smuggle arms and um, uh, other illicit products. Mm. And we hope to have Mads and perhaps even The Mole on the podcast uh, in future weeks. So, yeah, do do check that out called The Mole online. And a little teaser, um, for those who are not yet subscribers to NK Pro, NK Pro members had a a live Zoom call, uh, what, about 10 hours ago. Uh, with Chad and some experts on uh, the parade, t- uh, taking it apart piece by piece with the opportunity to ask questions. So if you're into uh, more live uh, and more uh, information, even more informative than what we can put put out for you, uh, do become a subscriber to NK Pro and you will get the Zoom calls after big events like that. And that, with that, we will sign off. Thanks very much for listening and check in again next week. Goodbye. <laughs>